I knew the time had come. I need, I need to tell somebody just to be known. The most grieving thing for me has been to realize how my whole identity was basically handed to me. And as a Christian woman, I was just given these very limited selection of this is what you can choose who you are from, you know, your career, your temperament, your sexuality, all of these things. How do I live in a way that's resonant with what I believe to be true and good and beautiful in the world. It's a processing of grief and then kind of a, 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 a desperate moving forward, a reluctant moving forward. This is The Airing of Grief with Derek Webb. Conversations and correspondence about spiritual de- and reconstruction. Season 1, Episode 4. A Tempest in a Teacup. A Letter from Tallahassee, Florida. Derek, I wanted to take you up on the airing of grief. Fingers crossed touched me so deeply. I was literally a puddle on the couch after my first reel listened to it. My husband was genuinely concerned, and I think he thought that I was crying because one of my favorite musicians had walked away from God. I told him I was crying because I could see my story in several of the songs, mainly Tempest in a Teacup and Goodbye for Now. You so artfully described the struggle I feel with my faith, with that frustration at feeling nothing. For years, I've been sorting through some resentments I have towards the church, and especially towards contemporary Christian music. CCM used to be all I listened to. I walled myself into this safe little bubble. As I got older, I went through different life experiences. I realized how cut off from the world I had become and how pretentious I was. I realized how CCM was really just one big marketing scheme. I was really naive in my early 20s. Worship music then seemed totally simplistic, and I grew angry at how it was trying to squeeze our complex God into four simple chords. That anger towards Christian music spread to other parts of my faith, and soon I was totally disoriented. I've been sorting through this for the last five to six years. I'm even writing a book about it. Like songwriting, writing helps me to sort through my feelings into a more cohesive pile. The book has been mainly for me in hopes that I can sort out what's going on in my head. I do intend to share it through self-publishing in the hopes that it helps someone else going through something similar. Several years ago, my husband Drew and I went to one of your shows in Gainesville, Florida. It was part of your 10th anniversary tour for She Must and Shall Go Free. In the middle of the show, you shared how you don't like the label of Christian music because inanimate objects can't be saved. You went on to share how Christian music is no more than a marketing term. You voiced several of the thoughts and concerns I've been trying to write in my book. Thanks for verbalizing some of the feelings I've struggled with for so long. As always, I'm thankful for your music and your voice.
Hello. Hey, is this... It is. Hey, it's Derek. Ah, uh, so good to hear from you. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for making yeah. a minute. Absolutely. Thanks for doing all you're doing. Oh, man. Uh, new album. Oh, gosh. This initiative. Yeah. It's no, conversation. It's a, it's a pleasure. Yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate getting to talk to you. And so if we're if we're here, that means we must have, there, there must be some resonance between us. So tell me, tell me Absolutely. your story. Oh, gosh. Um, so I am 27 years old. And I live in uh, rural Missouri, town of 4,000 people. Mm. And so obviously in the, the third notch of the Bible Belt. <laughs> sure, that's right. And, uh, so I grew up in a, um, a very evangelical hellfire brimstone church environment. And that really, really traumatized me um, in a lot of ways. But against the backdrop of all that rule keeping and uh, negativity and uh, sin, I... Uh, I knew that I was gay from a very, very early age, mm-hmm. but I, I, uh, I grew up around cousins and aunts who, uh, were not shy about letting me and everyone in our family know what they thought about those wow. gay people. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I have been, I've been closeted for, for 27 years and, wow. um, I, I went to college and have lived a fairly, uh, straight and narrow life. I got a degree in biology and, um, my life changed when, uh, one of my, one of my best friends who, um, works for the church I'm in now, she, uh, she had to suddenly resign. She was our creative arts director mm. and, um, the, the leaders of our church knew how much I worked with that friend and I, I'm a creative and I, I play yeah. piano and so they pegged me to replace her and I never, ever, ever thought wow. I ever wanted to work for a church because I, for the past, I, I guess since college started, I've really been on my own deconstruction journey and yeah. one, what does this all mean? And, uh, do I even believe what I, yeah. what I believe? So to, to say yes to an opportunity like that, which would, you did, which you did or, which I did. and, um, I knew I would be signing myself up for, um, uh, I guess a lot of posturing because, yeah. You can't really be open with your employer, especially when they're interviewing you about what's your faith journey. Well, I really don't know what I believe. Huh. Right, now. hire me. <laughs> so, how did you navigate that? So, I, um, I, I stayed to myself. I, I took the job because I was passionate for yeah. creativity and how potent a force it is, uh, whether it's in the church or out out of the church. Sure, uh, it's this. You thing knew you could do some good there. So, exactly, exactly, and so through music and creating these, um, these deep experiences, um, in a church for other people. I, I knew there was some good to be done and maybe just maybe coming from my place of unbelief or doubt, maybe I, maybe I could change things. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. So, so I took it on, but all the while I, I am still gay <laughs> and um, yes. one, no one on staff, knows. And so I find myself, um, grieving over, um, what, not just my church, but just the church in general, especially Western American church has done to gay people. And, um, I think, I think it's the, the, the central struggle of, of our time, at least, um, the church's time. And in 2017, it's still not okay to be gay in the U.S. And so I feel like that's been almost a hallmark of 
some of these conversations is just the intense fear that yeah. is in the not just in the church. It's in the church because it's in individual Christian people who assemble. Yes, and um, I'm just so curious how y- you're having to navigate that so carefully. How how has how does that bear on your actual yeah. like faith or your mm-hmm. your your spirit? What is your spiritual reality? Oh, Especially God. when it it seems like it's it mm-hmm. it's being con- deconstructed in real time in the way mm-hmm. that you're having to navigate that. How how yeah. how how are you doing with that? And where are you? Do you think? I um, and, and it, does that does that does that become a hard question because that might be an even second <laughs> layer of disguise that you have to wear. It is. It really is. So um, I I used to go to therapy to try to sort this, um, sure. emotional baggage out. Um, I stopped because, um, uh, one, I went to a Christian counselor, a big mistake Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, there's, I, I just, I just thought it would be for the best and it came, she came very recommended, but she really tried to steer me in a, um, yeah. she was really heavy handed toward, um, you need to stay single and not have sex and right. you can't tell anybody there's really wow. no good in coming out. So I quit. But, and yeah. so, um, so I knew uh, I, I wasn't doing very well psychologically or even physically, um, working this job where Monday through Friday and even Sundays I had to be, uh, pro church and procreating this, um, this experience for That's our right. people. And, um, we just started this marriage initiative at our church. So I felt really, really isolated just, in my job and yeah. in life. So I knew the time had come. I need, I need to tell somebody just to be known and I need, I, I need someone to, to help me. And so I, I finally came out to, um, uh, two of my closest friends who are, uh, major, major fans of yours. And they actually introduced me to you. Oh, wow. No kidding. So, wow. um, so that has been a lifesaver literally. And so, um, they, um, they really didn't prescribe anything. They didn't say, Oh, you have to, you have to come clean with, uh, your, your employers at church, they, right. they just let me be. And so, um, here we are today and my lead pastor doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, but, um, uh, I think it'll be helpful to say that our church is actually on a, um, a study process, quote unquote, to, um, de- deciding what, what does, what does the future for our church look like? Maybe as an affirming church, do we, hmm. We we think the time has come for this this church in rural Missouri wow. to uh, to take a stand. So I think we're we're the pendulum is swinging on a good side, and really the the time is really really good for me to to come out. But I just don't know. Um, wow. I don't. My job will be secure, and so there's a lot of um, wearing of masks these days. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's such a hard way to live. And 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 do and so do you feel. I have a lot of friends who who have been in a resonant, a sympathetic position, and yeah. and some have been able to say that they can separate, um, uh, like the behavior of Christians from, mm-hmm. or or even the institution of the church from mm-hmm. Jesus and how they who and how they perceive him. Yeah. And, and some can't and some, it, and, and so some stay with it and some don't. And yeah. how, how do you, how do you feel like you're dealing Good. with that? 
Uh, I think I'm, I'm in the latter camp and I'm, yeah. I'm realizing it more every day. I'm, and uh, is it because you feel like what you find there is just out of harmony, doesn't ring true with your experience of the world or, or that you don't, uh, yes. it doesn't provide a space for you to exist or like, what is it? Um, both and, um, uh, maybe even a third, we, um, we, the things that we say, uh, like it's, it's really common if you come into our church to hear, uh, we, we want to create people, we want to nurture people who live and love like Jesus. And yet we still function like a, a business or a restaurant huh. chain or this enterprise sure. that's so focused on numbers and people and money. Right. And, um, so uh, that has made me so cynical, Right. Uh, these, these past three years that I've worked for them, now that I've looked behind the curtain and I've seen, wait, we say we say this, but yeah. we're so so focused on money behind the scenes. Sure, that, yeah. Um, it just it just doesn't jive with the 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 beautiful um, legacy that I think Jesus left for us, and yeah. so those two have conflicted, and so I I don't want to work in a church the rest of my life. Yeah. I. And we've actually lost three, three people on staff since last November, um, because they were fed up with, (laughs) with church work. And, um, there's one more, actually my, my, my own supervisor has been considering leaving. And so, um, I'm there too. (laughs) And what, and what, what do you, I mean, I, I I hate that our time is so short, but I'm still, I'm I'm curious, but like what, what have have you either seen or are anticipating or hoping could be on the other side? Uh, I wish I knew that. <laughs> I, um, because I think cause I, this is another thing that seems to come up a lot is that w- when you're in a particular season of life or, or spiritual reality, there is such a clear gathering place and there's such a clear um, unity around the, around those ideas and, and you have people mm-hmm. to do it with. And I, and I don't, mm-hmm. and my understanding of Christianity is that there is no version of it. That's non-communal. It's not a, yeah. it's not a solo endeavor. It's a team sport. And, no. and yet the deconstruction, um, whether you're on the off ramp or on, you know, the, the side road, one way, or the other way, you're, whether you're transitioning out or you're out, there is not, a central way or place or community really to gather with. And, mm-hmm. but that process and that reality and that side of it is just as important to do in community as the other. Yeah. And yet there, it's like, there is no community for it. There, there are no. just a lot of disenfranchised people. And, uh, you know, I was saying to somebody the other day that, my uh, my buddy Dave Bazan is a he's a great musician. He was mm-hmm. in this band Pedro the Lion, and, and whenever he comes through Nashville and plays shows, it's like you look around the room, and he is one of the few people who has really faithfully and lovingly, thoughtfully provided soundtrack for people who are transitioning or who are out. Mm-hmm. And he he's done such a good job of that, and it's he's a real wow. comfort to a lot of people. He is for me. But I look around the room at his shows, and I'm and I think these are a group of people who probably have not gathered together like this since everyone left the church. I'm sure. <laughs> and I bet, and every, and all of us like kind of looking around, it's nostalgic. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm nostalgic for it. And I, I miss that part of it. And I wish there sure. w- was, you know, and it's like, that's going to be, that's a hard thing to rebuild or to yeah. find over again, yep. you know, but I feel like it's so needed. Yes. 
Yes. And you're, you're clearly doing something with this airing of grief sessions. It's, it may not be putting people together in a building, but you're at least, um, getting voices together and, um, it is, it is honestly, it is like in an effort to congregate a little bit, even if it's, even if it's virtual, but it's like, because we need to do this together. Like we need each other. We need to hear each other's stories. Um, like we were before, but you know, so anyway, um, well, man, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you talking to me and your vulnerability and, and, uh, you know, we, we should talk, uh, in person sometime. I love that. Um, but man, hang in there and, uh, and I, man, I just, I just wish you all the best. Thanks. Oh, you too. You too. Thanks so much. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Something deep down in my heart Something that made me who I was Invisible Oh, I guess it just didn't Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, hey Derek, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat. Yeah, thanks so much for doing this. Absolutely. Uh, so we've got 10 minutes. Tell me what's on your mind. Well, um, I mean, my uh, one of my my best friend and I've been following you since 2003 or so. Hmm. Um, we uh, we both read, I'd say, read. Blue like jazz around 2004, and uh, <laughs> then listening to your house show album, and and just lots of change coming out of you know growing up as a very evangelical Christian. Um, I went to a uh, went to a uh, Baptist university. I have a degree in theology and Hebrew. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I wanted to teach, and and just kind of through that found out that you know maybe I'm I, this isn't what I want. So, um, hmm. you know, but. You know, we were really intrigued by community and life and, 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 you know, bringing good theology to the church because so much of it's just really bad. Hmm. Uh, I, uh, as, as you did, I think I found myself in Anglicanism mm-hmm. uh, and, and just dove in and the liturgy and the, um, it was just beautiful. Um, some things happened in that about five years ago that led me to stop, start asking some really, really tough questions. Mm-hmm. Um and the answers I had didn't ring true anymore. And so I had to walk away. Um, I'd have been searching and, uh, um, you know, I, as someone who, you know, went to school and had the answers, they're just to hear people kind of give me those. Now I, it just feels so hollow. Mm. Um, it, it is, it is. And I, and I, and I've often wondered, Oh God, is this how I sounded? Um, uh, because it doesn't, it doesn't answer the questions I have. It doesn't, it doesn't bring me anything other than just almost push me further away. Right. Um, uh, this summer got divorced after nine and a half years. Mm. Um, uh, very much, you know, part of it hinged on that part of it hinged on a lot of other things. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, I remember one thing being said, it was, I hope this brings you back to the cross. And I just remember mm. thinking how, 
in the hell do you think this would bring me back to the cross? Like, what about this shows me Jesus, shows me right. compassion and love and, 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 and suffering through difficulties. Right. Um, and so, you know, just, um, just very broken, you know, and, and don't feel lost as much. I'm um, sure. just totally full of questions, but at the same time, uh, hopeful because, um, I feel like almost like constraints have been taken off yeah. in some ways. Um, like, no, it's, it's, it, I don't have to follow these rules. Right. There's no, yeah, that's right. Out. It's like there's yeah. no conclusion bias anymore and, and you can right. really follow it to where it really maybe actually goes as opposed to where you, you feel as though it must go. So now it's back to the whiteboard. Back to the namesake It's an honest to God ironic rebirth Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I've met some beautiful people that um, that, that I, I look at and I go, you live more Jesus. Right. And, and the church would condemn you. Yeah, oh yeah. And I just go, I go, how? Like, like, I don't, I don't know. And, and so, you know, a lots of, lots of topsy turvy and, and I know as you can completely relate to, um, how do you do life after marriage is tough enough, but how do you do life after marriage when you don't believe what you believed walking into it? I know. You know, you know, very much the, the, the straight laced, good Christian boy, you know, you, mm. you know, you, you do all these things and, and you, you know, you, you do things a certain way because if you do, and I guess what, you know, what I realized is I picked up a lot of things growing up that like, if you do A, B, and C, you get D, right? Like straight up, you know, lot, vending machine Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do this and you do this and true love waits and, and you do this, then when you get married, it's amazing. And it's, it's God right. blesses it. Right. And I'm like, you're full of shit. Yeah. Like, what about all the things you could have taught me that weren't just trust Jesus and, you know, be, be, be pure physically. Right. What about all the other stuff in marriage that actually rips people apart? <laughs> right. Hello? Hey, is this... Yes, hi. Hey, it's Derek. Hey. Uh, and thanks for making a, a minute to chat today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Absolutely. And so if we're on the phone, it, I'm curious uh, whether we have something in common or not. Uh, I'm curious to hear some of your story. Tell me what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in this faith deconstruction process for the last um, probably year, two years. It's mm. sort of been a, a slow process, but um yeah, so I've I've sort of come into this place where I've had I have a few friends who have kind of gone through a similar deconstruction process and I've had the chance to talk with them about it and one thing that I've kind of noticed as I've talked to some of my other friends is that um some of them and not all for sure but some of them have explained to me about how when they were growing up, they always kind of wanted to be more connected to God and they wanted to have this sort of relationship with God that a lot of people had talked about and maybe that their parents had talked about, but they never 
felt like they could really engage with God in that really personal kind of way. And I found that was really interesting because that wasn't true of me. And um, it was always so real for me. And I was the kind of person who, you know, if you would have asked me five, 10 years ago and would have described someone who's in the place that I'm at now or described and said that they would have, you know, kind of walked away from their faith, I would be questioning that they, that it was ever real for them. You know, I would have, yes. and so it's so surprising to me now to, to see where I'm at because it was so mm. real. It was everything. Yes, I mean, right. yeah, my, I mean, my emotions were engaged. My spirit was engaged in mm. my faith. It was real. It was, you know, for three and a half decades, it was my whole life. Yes, same. Yeah. And, but one thing that I've noticed kind of as I've shifted out of this is that one thing that I had to consistently do as a Christian growing up was to just close off my mind in order to make it work. And like, you know, for instance, like when it came to questioning one's faith at all or being challenged in one's faith, Mm. I was perfectly willing to read books or, you know, hear teaching that was talking about other worldviews as long it was as long as it was from the perspective of disproving those other worldviews. Yes. But I was I was never about to read like the God delusion or something like <laughs> right, that that might sure. actually challenge me, you know? Yeah. Um, it was just too scary. And I, I think that um or even beyond just the science thing, like when it came to things like the inconsistencies in the Bible or things that mm-hmm. are in the Bible that are just downright horrible, you know. Right, sure. Um I was always kind of content to accept the explanations or the justifications of those things that, you know, that would could be torn to shreds by a skeptic in a second. But I Mm. wanted to believe there were answers for those things that just didn't make sense. And so Mm. I just kind of blindly let myself ignore that and don't think too hard about it. And um, but just as I started to kind of pull back and question biblical inerrancy and question things like that, it started showing me how self-defeating the defenses of the Bible and the faith are and how mm. it's just the circular reasoning that really on, only makes sense if you're on the inside of that bubble and really, right. yeah, you like it's emotion. This, yeah. It's like this, oh, ir- this ironic, this ironic, deeper faith that's required. That's not even the faith of Ephesians two, eight, nine. It's like, you kind of have to have faith in faith. You have to have, right. it's like this. Um, it's like, I was talking to a friend last night about this, about how, it's maybe impossible to to um, critic to take a critical and, and honest look at the boat right. while you're in it. Right, right. Like you can't you can't really do it. You literally like because you're like you're in every way motivated to see it as seaworthy when you're depending on it for your survival. Sure. And it's not yeah. until you're able to get out of the boat and look at it and say like, oh my god, like. This isn't even a boat. This is like a, <laughs> it's like a door or something that I'm like, we're all like very carefully floating on that one falls moving, the whole thing turns up sideways. And But you can't take a good critical look at it when you're in it. Yeah, and, right. And, and I feel like I've, you know, um, that that's kind of the thing that's hard. It's kind of the inverse leap of faith that deconstruction requires, which is that in order to, you can examine, for instance, a plant, its leaves, observe thing about observe things about its fruit, about the soil that it's in. But in order to really get a read on what it's made of and why it exists and if it's you know healthy or even alive, the only way to really do that 
unfortunately, is to pull it up and examine its oh, roots. Yeah. Right. But which runs the very real and probable <laughs> risk of killing it. Wow, yeah, that's a good analogy. But if I you like pull that. it up and the roots are good and it turns out, then you can, in all likelihood, get it back in the ground and you can replant it and it and it will it'll flourish and survive and bloom. But if it's not, like, unfortunately, the point I'm trying to make, and I'm being way too stupid and poetic <laughs> about this, is that sometimes it requires that you pull the thing up by by the root and examine that. Right. Um, and not at least have the fear of doing it. Right. Um, but it's, boy, it's tricky business. Um, yeah. And so just kind of, you know, finally stepping back and looking from the outside in at all these things for the first time, I think that the most grieving thing for me has been to realize how my whole identity was basically handed to me. And as a Christian woman, I was just given these very limited selection of this is what you can choose who you are from, you know, your career, your temperament, your sexuality, all of these things. Yeah. This is this is what your options are. And they're limited, but I promise God knows what's best for you. And this is going to be the most fulfilling life you could ever have. Right. And so I, I adopted all of this. I, I let myself completely believe that even if some of these things didn't fit me and didn't feel right, I just believe those were kind of flaws in the system. Those were flaws in my right. system, but yeah, God knew right. what was best. Yeah, and I can and, trust and as far that. as you didn't line up with some of those things, it was just those were just areas of growth for you that you needed to figure yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 the, and the, 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 the real lie of that is that in all the things that you just mentioned, that the lie is that each of those things is binary. Right, right, absolutely. That there is literally, like, so, so you have about six to eight left to right switches and everybody is a combination of those six to eight left to right switches, as opposed <laughs> sure. to each one being a fluid turning knob, you know, that like yeah. a whole spectrum of possibility on each one of those that leads to literally infinite numbers of possible personalities and people and chemistries. Yeah. And um, yeah, I actually heard a great, this is very real time, but I heard a great interview on a podcast with Dave Bazan, who's who's a pal of mine, but a guy who I'm a bigger fan of than a friend. And <laughs> um, but anyway, and I don't know if you know who he is, but his music is extremely comforting to people who are going through these things. He's very uh, lovingly and and thoughtfully crafted, great soundtrack for deconstruction and cool. um, in his music and his band Pedro the Lion before that. And so he was t on this podcast, the the Exvangelical podcast, and he was talking about how. He was just kind of grieving the ways that the church taught him to distrust his body. Yeah, right. And to dis, which is also to say to distrust his intuition. Mm -hmm. um, and because you're supposed to not lean on your own understanding, and you're supposed to. <laughs> right. And he started to realize that the people who he was following and putting his faith in, in terms of his parents and his leaders, and were all people who had underdeveloped, growth stunted instincts and intuition yeah. because right. they were taught not to put any stock in it. Right. And, and um, so, I don't know, it was just fascinating. And definitely the part about not trusting your body and having to, as like a 40-something-year-old adult, learning again to trust my instincts and my intuition in my body. But the thing, and I'm curious to hear from you if this rings true to you, that I have have maybe determined is, and, and this speaks back to the first thing you said about all the emotions and very real, present, engaged you know, nostalgia that you have mm -hmm. beyond nostalgia, but the real right. experiences that you had connected to all these things that maybe don't ring true now. What one thing that um, I was talking to my friend Jamie Finch about this too, um, who does a lot of work in like kind of 
ex-evangelical sexual trauma and just a lot sure. of really helpful, good stuff. And and we were talking about how it's not that all that time the voice of the Spirit was that I now have to reckon with, like, what was that and how to and and mm-hmm. who, you know and what and but I had all those real experiences. Like, you know, what's interesting is like my how I navigate that now um, on the other side of it and no longer attached to that, that particular belief about God or spirituality or the spirit, it feels actually no different. And I realize the voice that I've always heard and followed and depended on that I would refer to or believe to be the spirit. It's the same. And it's Mm. the voice of my intuition. It's the voice of my body. Yeah. That voice is still there. That I, I, there's literally been no hiccup in communication. Um, and it feels to me like the same thing. And I'm having to learn to like, basically that I have 30 years of trust in my intuition and my body. I've just been calling it and assigning that meaning to something else maybe. Um, so it's not as though those things weren't real. They were very real. They just weren't, I was just, I was just maybe assigning them to the wrong thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I just, I feel like I'm in this place where I'm just sort of having to realize that I belong to myself for the first That's time. That's exactly you know? right. That's exactly what I'm trying yeah. to, I'm using a lot of words to say exactly that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, that's been a big, a big thing that I've had to reconcile too. And that's, you know, really affected my marriage a lot with just this idea that I never owned myself. Like God owned me first and my husband owned me after that. That's even exactly before, right. Yeah. Even before I'd met him, I always had been told like your body belongs to your future husband. And then once you're married, your body belongs to your husband. And right. like, like when does any of this belong to me? Yeah, <laughs> like, and do it I, never yeah, exactly. Did. So for the first time in my life, it's like, my, I don't even, I didn't have an identity outside of my faith and everything that I was and everything mm. that I had ever built in my life had been built in the foundation of my faith. And then when your foundation cracks apart, it's like the whole city comes down, you That's know? Right. That's right. And so it's like having to rebuild my whole life with, with nothing from That's the ground right. up. That's exactly and, right. Like you, you take yeah. 30 years to build something and you have to remake it in 18 months out of desperation. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, but for me, like that one bit that has been, has felt kind of revelatory and it's been really helpful to say, you know what? I don't know that I have to rebuild the piece that is both connected to the mystery of what was that voice and also, oh my God, I'm like uh, an infant of development when it comes to my own body and intuition and, and yeah. paying attention. But really, those two things are connected and and I get to skip the line a little bit on that one because it turns <laughs> out I have more practice listening to my body than I thought. I like and, that. And that's been comforting. It's been helpful. Um, what have you maybe broadly found on the other side? I'm kind of at this point where I do think that there's something, I think the world is too beautiful and magnificent and magical for there to be nothing. Um, Hmm. I have a hard time, I have a hard time, um, reconciling art and beauty Hmm. and and the things I see around me with randomness. Um, it it just doesn't kind of click. Um, and so, um, yeah, I I felt this, I felt the same and I, and I, that I've, I've kind of been saying that like art is the one thing that to me falls into kind of the question mark box a little bit for me like that's like I don't really because it does feel external of me and transcendent and I I still I still think about those moments where I'm writing it feels more like taking dictation it feels more like participating cooperating with something external but that doesn't 
square if there's no spiritual layer of reality, which is how life feels to me a lot of the time. Yeah, um, no. So you're right. Yeah, it, it's kind of a constant nag. I mean, I, I, and I've, and I've also said, I'm curious if you'll find this resonant that like, to me, like music and art, it almost feels like the inverse thorn in my side. It feels like the jewel around my neck that I have to reckon with and deal with and name. Um, that's, uh, it makes me nostalgic for something, but it's like, I don't know what it is anymore. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. And so what have you, yeah. yeah, So where have you landed with that or how have you, well, it, I, I'm very comfortable with there being something. Hmm. Um, and if there's something and it's, it's so much bigger than us, how can I begin to even understand that right motivations or any of it like it's beyond me and i'm very comfortable with something being beyond me um and so the way that i reconcile it is that if there's something beyond me then i can't even begin to comprehend it but when i look at scriptures and and not just hebrew scriptures and, and and christian scriptures but that is that now becomes the story of how a people interacted with this being that is so much bigger than they are hmm of course, it, of course it is. This is the story of a people and how they interacted with creation and, and the creator. And there's no way to think that he could be limited to just those pages. Um, right. And I think that, that as you read scripture and as you read poetry and as you read, um, you know, just throughout time, as you said, people get in this point. They feel almost like something's being dictated through them, mm. this other, this spiritual. And I don't think we can knock it. Um, I can't mm. explain it. Right. Um, but I'm very comfortable with there being something bigger than us that I can't explain. Mm. Um, but that doesn't limit it to just the Christian scriptures I grew up with. Why? I mean, the Hindu scriptures, the, the Buddhist scriptures, they're all searching for something other than themselves. Mm. Um, and I think that that tends to ring true. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm very comfortable in, well, I mean, I re-listened to some of the house show last night and you said, you know, help me in my unbelief, you know, right. and I found, found myself saying, I'm very comfortable in my unbelief now. I'm very comfortable in this place of just yes. saying, I don't know, but it does seem that, that art is beautiful and, and should be part of creation and part of what we do. But now it seems that I'm, I'm living in much more of a way of how do I, how do I live in a way that is resonant with this beauty around me? And so how do I, how do I live in a way that's resonant with um, what I believe to be true and good and beautiful in the mm -hmm, world mm -hmm. outside of these constraints, because I'm not sure that the constraints have to be there. Right. You know, um, I do. You know, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I've it's ended good. up just very comfortable. Yeah. Knowing, I, I don't know, but I think it's beautiful and I, I want to figure it out. I want to figure out what life looks like with the people around me now. Yeah. Um, and it can be very different. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I'm seeing more colors yeah. of the spectrum than I think I was before. Yeah. Well, and I really, and, and I really, I just, and I really like, I mean, it's, I like that you're driving at home and I, I like that. I like the idea of something like art and creativity is kind of that spark that yeah. it's kind of the thing that keeps you on the hunt. And I, and it, it certainly does me and because it, I can't deny that it that it's there and that it the way it feels to me um, and it's a thing I, I I interact with I mean and um, right. it's a real thing and um, I can put all my other theories 
that I try on, you know, I can put those wherever I want, but what I, you know, but that, that's kind of an immovable object and I, and, and you don't get a lot of those. And so I, um, and I, so I, I like, I like, I like it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, uh, I yeah. appreciate, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate hearing that dude. And, uh, it's cool. And yeah, thanks so much for doing this. I think it's, um, it's one of those things I'm not, not sure we all needed until it happened. Dude, and well, I feel, like it, I feel like it's resonating. I feel like so far I need it more than everybody else does, but I'm so glad I get to participate uh, like like you or anybody. So, well, thanks again for chatting, and I hope we can do it again there. sometime. Yeah, man. Yeah, look forward to it. Hey, have a good one. Thanks you again. Too. See ya. Thanks for listening. To add your voice, lend your support, and meet our team, visit theairingofgrief.com. We are a community-backed project. Please consider joining our faithful supporters to help us keep the conversation going. You can learn more at theairingofgrief.com by clicking Become a Patron. And we'll see you after church next Sunday for The Airing of Grief.